hello, denizens of the internet. Welcome to part four, the final part of our Get Geek uh, review of the X-Men relaunch, House of X, Powers of Ten. Um, our review of the six episodes of each run. This is episode 12 of the Get Geek podcast. And we will be going over, let's see, episodes, or excuse me, I keep saying that. I did, I did so well in the last episode, too. Powers of Ten, Issue 5, House of X, Issue 6, and Powers of Ten, Issue 6. Let's get right into it. What's up, y'all? I'm Jose. I'm Wolfie. AJ. This is what? Eli. And Wolfie. Here we go. Jump so, into it, buddy. Powers of Ten, Issue uh, 5, titled For the Children. Um, so, year one, X meets with Forge and asks him to modify Cerebro to allow it to store duplicate mutants' minds. Forge claims the storage and power required are far beyond anything on Earth, but X reveals he has access to Shi'ar technology, that OP, all-powerful, capable technology that is uh, able to overcome the limitation. When Forge asks if he must redesign a new system or build it onto Cerebro, X leaves the decision to Forge in Forge's hands and simply asks, are you or are you not going to build it for me? Year 10. X and Magneto meet with Emma Frost and the Louvre in order to recruit the Hellfire Corporation to aid in the establishment of Krakoa. Emma believes the idea of establishing another mutant nation state is a recipe for disaster, but she is ultimately convinced by seeing Krakoa firsthand. X explains that they need the Hellfire Corporation's help in distributing Krakoa's exclusive drugs to the rest of the world, which... Emma compares to becoming the East India Trading Company of Mutandom. Xavier offers Emma a seat on Krakoa's council along with Sebastian Shaw so he can run black book operations in countries that reject Krakoa's sovereignty. Emma accepts on one condition. She will need an additional seat on the council. Later, Xavier sends a telepathic message worldwide summoning all mutants to Krakoa. The only one shown rejecting it is Namor, who claims that X doesn't truly believe that he is superior to the rest of human humanity and tells him to come back when he really means it. Interesting. Right? I don't remember that, actually. Year 1000, the Phalanx accepts the Librarian's offer and, and, and destroy the Elder. The Librarian asks Nimrod why they did this, and Nimrod speculates, and just to you know, uh, differentiate, this is Nimrod the Greater, speculates that the phalanx are part of a truly massive intelligence hosted in a network of black holes by adding other intelligence to their own they consume their own physical form which they will now do do to earth and here's where we start getting basically our um i guess the 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 crux of or rather the drive and and and, and everything from the phalanx right so everything that we saw them do to this other society now they're on their way to earth to do so what did you guys think of this issue anyone anyone forge the all right um so i mean i uh, in in terms of the the phalanx it was i mean i kind of i don't want to say i kind of knew that they would accept but like uh, I, don't, I don't know well, I mean, again, the thing with the phalanx is I, I see now why they were showing us what was going on in this other society in some other part of the universe so that we see what happened in, in, in that realm 
ultimately leading to the destruction of that society, sort of by them being absorbed or ascended into the phalanx, being absorbed by the phalanx, right? And now they're on their way to Earth to do that same thing. So wait, that um, was another society. I always thought that was well, that Earth. Was, that's mm, no, I believe that was another. No, in prior issues. No, that's yeah. that's that's a whole other society. It's just happening oh. in the X timeline a thousand years from now. But that's a whole separate society, I, I believe. Because no? it looks like everyone in, on Earth, including the the blue guys, are because look human. again at the at, at the end they iterate they state by adding other intelligence to their own they consume their own physical form form which they will now do to earth right oh okay so i see what you oh okay <coughs> gotcha right so because so remember that happened? nimrod is something that's an eventuality no matter where you are you know so nimrod this emergence of of man machine ai is just something that's part of the evolution of of any kind of human society so that's kind of where that came from so again this is one of those things that why it's a little confusing but as soon as you get the full picture maybe after some rereading and re-understanding um you, you kind of get exactly why the phalanx exists um any thoughts on like the, I mean, you know, one thing, one of the key takeaways is is this whole Hellfire Trading Club kind of uh, partnership, which if you guys remember, Hellfire Trading Club was another one of those, you know, kind of pseudo enemies to Xavier's dream. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma Frost being one of those people that, uh, one of those uh, like telepathic mutants that had no morals, <laughs> uh, which obviously not having morals clashes with Xavier, but maybe not in this day and age. Um, what did you guys think of like that whole interaction? Yeah, go. Someone, someone chime in. Someone, someone. So, um, I enjoyed this interaction both because of how aggressive she is with Magneto, who's also another X-Men villain, in air quotes, I have to use that a lot, and in these uh, past couple of casts, I enjoy how um, again, this is kind of like uh, the big political machinations behind all of what happens with Krakoa, where you have them offering her, um, offering her the contract to create the medicine that they offer to humankind and the issues before this. Um, and also, I like her demand for that third seat, which I haven't read that far yet. I know Wolfie oh, said he man, has. It's said, so good. It's so good. <laughs> he said it's a really good uh, reveal as to who that third seat will be. I'm, I'm a mutant, I would assume, right, obviously. Um, bringing Sebastian Sean back into the fold is, is really cool. So I really did enjoy this whole interaction in this part of this issue. Um, you know, one thing to, to note that it's, I think that's striking within this whole Emma Frost scene is she's totally against doing any of this, you know, uh, because of the whole uh, House of M um, uh, devastation that happened uh, and, the you know, the Genosha genocide and all that stuff. Uh, but she is instantly um, convinced after they show her Krakoa. So they bring her to Krakoa and at the first sight of Krakoa, she says one more time then for the children. All right, I'm in. Those are her very first words, you know, just from the side of it. And that's important to me because to me, that's that's exactly sort of like what Moira had told uh, Xavier. Like, you know, what if the dream were real? 
this is Xavier showing her, this is the dream. I just told you what the dream is. Now I'm showing you that it's real. This is real right now, right here. You know, and I think it's good symbolism there to show that, like, you can change minds by showing that, you know, the reality of it. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. So It's interesting that Moira has been largely absent in these last four episodes, four issues that we've read. That's true. Um, That's true. She hasn't, she hasn't really been a, a central figure so far. Right. You know what I'm well, saying? again, remember that all we've had from Moira is just the information that was right. needed to create this. Mm-hmm. You know, she gave him the information so that he can just take charge. Right. So, um, 50-year contract. That's not bad. That's you not know? a bad contract That's for not her. A, yeah. for, to be the sole distributor for um, Krakoa. Um, Another standout, certainly that panel with uh, Emma Frost standing over Krakoa. I think that's one of my favorite panels in the whole issue. Right, yes. I love the colors in this one, too. Real yep. soft. It's, oh, man, it's great. Um, yeah, AJ? I, uh, one of the things that I guess I also like about this issue is being reminded that Namor actually rules a place. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's still a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, my whole thing is that Namor is is, is the man. I, I love him. I would, I honestly would love to see some sort. I want to see him on film, on TV, or something. Black he's one two. of those guys. Oh man, I can't wait. I want that. That's what I want. For, but it's just that, like, it, yeah, it's it's. I think he's a million times better Aquaman than Aquaman. Just saying. No. Come on. No way. Come on. Come on. Ew. Come on. I think the fact that he's a jerk. Kind I of heard about Aquaman before mm-hmm. I heard about this guy. He's That's true. You have, but Namor. Namor was was Marvel's answer to Aquaman, I believe. Uh, the fact that he's a mutant is awesome too. But yeah, yeah. exactly. So you they kind of just dropped him into this comic, though. Well, the thing is that Namor's uh, Namor's actually always kind of been like that, where like he, they 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 drop him, they insert him in because. They, 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 they sort of insert him in there to, like, be that, that guy, like, whenever anything has to happen with, like, the ocean, you got to go through him first. So you don't do anything in his territory. It's kind of like Wakanda. You don't do anything in Wakanda without going to, you know, Black Panther. Same thing with uh, the ocean. Um, but at the same time, he's, he, he's in that same boat where, like, this is my world and you're not going to destroy it because he does kind of enjoy a little bit of exclusivity. Right. He doesn't have to deal with world politics and all that stuff. They don't want none of him. And if they mess with him, he goes and like destroys everything. You don't want to mess with that more. Exactly. Aside from the fact that he is a jerk. He's to Wakanda. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, like um, this is, this is a great part too, because um, I just love the delivery of that line. It's very dismissive um, to uh, Charles Xavier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you were, you were talking about. You didn't exactly remember this moment right off the bat, but I remember this moment pretty well. This was one of my more uh, enjoyable moments in the later issues, um, and it's like just his arrogance. It's it's what he says to to Xavier. <clears throat> Get it's away good from that me, you, little man. Yeah, it's, it's good that you finally figured this out. But let me ask you: Do I strike you as someone who's just now realized? How much better I am than anyone else. What what a lie. You, you want, Come you, on, he's and so do you cool. actually no, think no. I believe that you feel that way too? Absolutely. Go away, like, little man, and don't come back until you really mean it. Like that's he's, a really awesome line. He sunned what, Xavier. Look, he sunned him. Look at his hairline though. It's literally the McDonald's symbol. What? 
It's called it a Widow's Peak. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yes. How's that? Vegeta has that. No, like, what's wrong with, with Vegeta? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say First Vegeta all, rocks it harder than Namor. Yes, number two. What he's talking about? And look at his eyebrows. It literally curves off. It's like it's the handlebars. Yeah, it's basically a Listen, door don't, handle. Don't 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 hate on him just because I hate it on 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 uh, Aquaman. You cannot you cannot tell me that Aquaman has a better design than Namor. Listen, Aquaman was the joke of the DC universe exactly. for how many decades? You know, until a few years ago. Until a couple well, years until ago, until sure. Momoa came on the scene. You no, know before that, before that, because he he. Oh, but the, yeah, no, he that's had the true. hook hand and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. craziness. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and it's on, and, and and it's only because Namor was so cool they had to match him up. I mean, no. look yeah. at this, really? Because look, his throne is the Kraken behind him with a bunch of great white sharks circling in front of him. Yeah, but uh, that's pretty cool. You're gonna tell me that there's no cool. You know, you tell me that there's exactly that's what I'm saying. He's always been cool, whereas Aquaman has not. This is not a debate about Namor the Submariner. Exactly, there is not. There is is no debate. The House of X and the Powers of Ten. Namor is awesome, by the way. There is no debate. Um, So we get the building of the Quiet Council. You know what I'm saying? So we get the building. These these are going to be the guys that rule Krakoa going forward. Um, And from what I see, again in one of these data dumps, you have five, I guess, tables if you want to call them. No, that? four. There's, there's four sides. There's four sides. There's basically autumn, winter, summer, and, and, and uh, uh, spring. And then you have Krakoa. Krakoa has its own its own thing, which is Cypher and Krakoa. <laughs> you know what I'm oh, well, I got, I guess, right, right, right. Yeah, right. yeah so, that's true. Yeah. So it just autumn, shows a little bit of it because we see the full, almost the full council. Yeah, we have. Yeah, and and, 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 and like winter issue. winter yeah, is, is the, completely blank right now. Yeah. And so is summer. Yeah. You know, the only ones that we have right now is autumn. It has two of them, which is Professor X and Magneto. And then spring, which is Shaw and Emma Frost. The the other seats for those, are there's one more that hasn't been filled. And the other two, winter and summer, are completely blank at this point. Oh, yeah. We're about to see this in this this coming issue. Yep. For sure. Any other any other thoughts about this one? Any other? Well, so uh, I do want to talk a little bit, like going back to the whole phalanx thing. Um, I, I'll say that like uh, this was actually probably the most striking uh, representation of the phalanx that I've seen as of yet. One of the things that I see when I see the phalanx here, um, it, it kind of brings me back to the Matrix, the Matrix Revolutions when we saw the AI take its form, that big head with all the spikes and everything. Oh, yeah. So it reminded me of that, you know, this like all powerful AI being. You know this intelligence being. It's, if you if you remember at the end of uh, Revolutions, AJ's giving me a really like skewed. What movie are you yeah. talking about? Look. No, I know I know which movie so, it is, but and, I don't let me remember show you the image. Yeah, so that it was, part the, it was the freaking baby face. Yeah, the little baby face, but baby like with like the spikes and floated everything. up to Neo yeah. and like talked to him and then sacrificed him like Jesus. Yeah, so actually now that I'm so now that I'm yeah, so now that I'm thinking about it, those two things are kind of the same thing, right? Like in the Matrix, that represented the AI as a whole, mm-hmm. okay, and the intelligence as a whole, and then in here, this orb with the spikes represents the phalanx, which is the intelligence as a whole that's absorbing uh, the society and everything uh, into its intelligence, right? Yep. Um, and, yeah, so, and then here's where we kind of get, like, the whole uh, hierarchy 
being uh, described as far as what these different types of societies are. Um, not to get too into that, to not complicate things. So, um, and that's kind of where Powers of Ten ends. So, moving <laughs> along, we have now, we go back to House of X, I believe, right? So, House of X yep. 6. Issue number 6, the final issue in this, in this run of House of X, and then finally Powers of Ten, issue 6. All right, so, and that one is titled, I Am Not Ashamed. So, one month prior to the events of the series, X, Magneto, and Moira meet. Speaking of Moira, they meet in Moira's No Space underneath Krakoa. Uh, interesting, it's called No Space. Xavier uses Cerebro to offer Krakoa's miracle uh, drugs to all of humanity in exchange for three conditions. Krakoa's inclusion in the United Nations, Krakoan citizenship for all mutants, and amnesty for all mutant criminals. His message is heard by everyone around the world, mankind, and mutants alike. Informational information pages reveal that the Just a <laughs> so Siri. I somehow trigger Siri, and Siri is like, "No, I have no idea." You do that. Uh, please, <laughs> Siri, shut the hell up. Well, don't say her name again. Yeah, I don't know gonna keep how that works. Triggering. Shut Sorry, guys. Triggered. triggered. Oh man! All right, so let me continue again. So, uh, once again, Xavier uses Cerebro to offer Krakoa's miracle drug to all of humanity in exchange for three conditions. Krakoa's inclusion in the United Nations, Krakoan citizenship for all mutants, and amnesty for all mutant criminals. His message is heard by everyone around the world, mankind, and mutants alike. Information pages reveal that the Quiet Council of Krakoa includes 14 members. Xavier, Magneto, Apocalypse, Mr. Sinister, Exodus, Mystique, Sebastian Shaw, Emma Frost, Storm, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler, Cypher, and Krakoa itself. They are assisted by the four great captains who lead in times of conflict. Captain Commander Cyclops, Gorgon, Bishop, and Magic. In the present, the Quiet Council meets to design the laws of their nation. After much deliberation, the Council devises the first three laws of the nation of Krakoa. Mutants must make other mutants. Mutants shall not murder humans and the land of Krakoa must be respected. The council finds Sabretooth guilty of violating the second law and sentences him to exile deep within the bowels of Krakoa. Krakoa swallows him up as X. Xavier laments the business of running a nation. After the council adjourns, they celebrate the birth of their new nation with the other residents of Krakoa as Xavier and Magneto proudly look on. This was quite the powerful issue mm -hmm. from a moral standpoint. This is where my... Uh, thoughts and my previous um, uh, beliefs on who Xavier was and what he represented are now destroyed and gone because Xavier in a past time would never have used another mutant or hu or human or just another being uh, mutant or human um, you know either way he would not have used them as an example uh, for anything and not only just use him as an example, but sacrificed his life to it, you know? And that's the thing, especially after saying, like, so these are the laws. They just now created the laws. And then to show that they're willing to follow through on the laws, they use Sabretooth as an example, as opposed to giving him an opportunity to, to, to abide by the laws. Mm -hmm. So I had a little bit of a, like, a woe moment with that. So anyway, what did you guys think? 
this is. I'm sorry. I'll. I'll my thought's going to be relatively quick, and then I, we can jump to you. Um, this is, to me, the, the way that they ended House of X, the last two issues are absolutely fantastic um, because they set up the hope of what Krakoa is. They set up the benefits of it. They set up how amazing it can be. And here, with the trial of Sabretooth and with Xavier's speech at the end, uh, as he talks about how the business, as you said, of running a nation and how they, he hopes that they don't grow hard or, or evil in some way as a result of the, this business of running a nation. Um, just the way that they set up Krakoa and the politics of it and the finality of those politics in these last two issues is, again, the, the quality just continues in, in each of these issues. It's, it's another fantastic issue. Yeah, I mean, it's more world-building. I will say this about this issue specifically. The art and the panels, the way that the panels are designed, I think this is probably the, if not the strongest one of the top <laughs> two or three strongest issues art-wise um, of the entire series, in my opinion. Just scanning through these issues, the, these images here, it's unbelievable this what is, I'm saying. So. This is one of those issues where the artwork by itself uh, tells the story. You don't even. You don't even need. That's true. Yeah. You know, Actually, just scanning little, through. You're like, whoa. Yeah. You yeah. can. You can see the story. Um, I loved how this issue started, and it started with Professor X without the helmet, but we still don't see his face. Right. You right. You know what I'm saying? And then the minute that we do get a, a frontal view, he's got the helmet on. The speech that he gives, that telepathic message that he sends yeah, the, out, the message that he sends is everyone, yeah. amazing. And there's a couple of panels that I love to highlight here. You know what? Before you go on, why don't sure. I go ahead and read the speech to everyone so yes. that everybody and understands. This, this is the panel that I was talking about. Once it gets into these right. three, which is going to be part of your speech, so please go ahead. So this is Xavier's speech to the entire world. Humans of the planet Earth. I am the mutant Charles Xavier, and I bring to you a message of hope. In the coming days, you will learn of several far-reaching pharmaceutical breakthroughs that have been discovered by mutant scientists. These drugs extend human life, heal diseases of the mind, and will prevent or cure most common ma uh, maladies. Mm -hmm. I use that word. I got to get my dictionary. <laughs> Influenza, Alzheimer's, ALS, many cancers, gone overnight. These drugs will, will make life on this planet better, remarkably so. And now we start going through a bunch of these panels uh, in different places on the earth. We have a hospital bed. We have a uh, conference room. We have, it looks like a, 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 a CIA like, Almost like NASA. Like that. Yeah. You know. Continuing with the speech. All this we have made for you. In the past, they would have been a gift something freely given by me to you because I believe it would create harmony between our two peoples. That was my dream, harmony. But you have taught us a harsh lesson. That dream was a lie. You see, all I ever wanted was peace between humans and mutants. And all I ever wanted was to love you and for you to love us. We wanted to save you and we did many times, but in return, all you did was stand by while evil men killed our children over 16 million of them. So there will be no gift, for you have not earned it. We will, however, let you pay for it. In return for two things, we will provide you with the means to have a better life, one without pain or suffering and full of hope, and it will cost you so little. First, you must accept that the island of Krakoa is a nation state of all mutants on this planet. 
We will happily go through the same process as any newly formed nation with the UN, but there is an exception that will, there is an expectation that our sovereignty will be recognized. Second, all mutants by birth, specifically by birth, can claim Krakoan citizenship. And with that citizenship, we expect a period of amnesty so that those who have been singled out as criminals or punished and imprisoned by humans can overcome man's bias against mutants. From this day forward, mutants will be judged by mutant laws, not man's. These are our simple demands, and they are not negotiable. In return for making our lives better, we will do the same for you. And if you find yourselves asking, who are these mutants to think that they can dictate terms of use? We are the future, and evolutionary inevitably. The Earth's true inheritors. You closed your eyes last night believing this world would be yours forever. That was your dream. And like mine, it was a lie. Here is a new truth. While you slept, the world changed. That was an amazing speech. That is, that is, that is, that is a ballsy. Malcolm X slash Martin Luther King fusion speech. Mm -hmm. there's, there's hope in there for both humanity and uh, mutant kind. But then there's also harsh truths that both mm -hmm. had to face. Exactly. Oh, amazing writing, Jonathan Hickman. Amazing. And, and like I said, there there are a couple of panels here that sh that along this speech kind of jumped out of me. Um, the part where he says, and I find it interesting that they married this image to it, um, where he says, we wanted to save you, and we did many times, but in return, all you did was stand by why evil men killed our children, over 16 million of them. And the panel... The image that they show is the Avengers, you know what I'm saying? Which I find really, really interesting because what does the Avengers take on, on all of this stuff? Because, you know, the Avengers are there. They're supposed to protect yeah. all this other stuff. And yet he put the image and the words that are married to that image. It's like, well, you know what? We've done our part. We've gone out to save you. What have you done for us? Yeah. All yeah. you've done was vilify us, kill us. And the picture that they show is the Avengers, yeah, which is yeah. amazing. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like the the total yin and yang of the whole situation right there, you know. Um, and then the whole the whole thing was like, well, you guys went to sleep last night thinking that you guys own this world, and I gotta say, when you woke up, that world passed you by, dude. You know? Yeah, it's ours. Yeah. That that is just an amazing speech, you know. Um, I kind of want to talk now about like the whole trial of Sabretooth. Did you guys think it was a fair trial? Um, Honest opinions. AJ, actually, I see you want to kind of comment. It's fair. Was it's it a really, fair trial? It's really weird. Again, just to remind uh, you listeners out there, the he's standing trial for killing humans while he was on a mission for Xavier and Magneto, but before this nation was... Uh, formed and these laws formed. So, yeah. So, he, he here's here's my thing. Maybe in terms of the laws being like drawn up right at that moment, maybe it was unfair in a sense, especially if you're claiming everyone's being given a second chance. But like, if anyone, like Apocalypse has his reasons. He wants mutants to thrive. 
Uh, I don't know what Mr. Sinister's objectives are exactly, but he has a very specific thing of his own. Sabretooth is really just an out-and-out killer. Like, yeah, yeah, he, he has is, done he is. so before, and he's does it, w- and he's done, and he, blah. <laughs> and he has done it with as much maliciousness as is possible. So it's kind of hard to... But so has Magneto. But there's a difference. He has his cause. He's just a hunter having fun. But see, here's my thing. I'm playing devil's advocate, but like at the end of the day, killing is killing, right? You know, if you have a cause and you're saying that one is more important than the other, you're justifying Magneto's killings. Okay, well, I don't mean to do that. But my point is... uh, It's muddy, right? It makes it really muddy. It's really muddy, but at the same time... I can get why you want to start with him. Yes. Okay. I don't because anyway, I have my own theories of what should have happened, but hey. It I, is not a fair trial. It is a political trial, but that's the whole point. That is the whole point. The whole it's point. to make an example. Because, yes, yeah, to make an example because what was the Fantastic Four originally going to take him into custody? This was a recent thing that was done by a mutant. Um, so it's like, a what have you done for me lately situation? Um, you know, Magneto in this storyline seems to not really have been a villain, if at all. We don't know. Maybe not even at all, right? Yeah, because, no, he hasn't been. You know, he, yeah, exactly. He, he teamed up with Xavier and with Moira very early on when they showed him the visions of what was going to happen with Krakoa, right? Um, so for me, yeah, it was to make an example of Sabretooth and to show the world, like, look, if, if, if we violate your sovereignty to show humankind that if mutants violate their sovereignty, they will also take that very seriously. I think because this is still a little bit of Professor X's personality seeping into the way things are done, because he has to... He's he's more of a dick in this, right? Right? We all agreed yeah. that he's a little bit more of a dick, but there's still that need that he has to have some level of negotiation going on, and this is his way of throwing a carrot to humankind. And by the way, the, the trial is... This is... Uh, in the entire run of issues, this is my favorite sequence. My as favorite far as art, moment. right? Yeah. As far yeah, as well, as far as art, but also as far as what happens in this storyline, and it's like really, it's horrific. Kind of what happens to Sabretooth. You almost feel bad for him, even though he's a murderous psychopath, because he's he perceives everything that's happening to him, and will perceive everything that's happening to him while he's in this stasis. I, I think Creepy. he'll be. I think you'll see him back, though. It's like the sunken place. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's one of the things, right? Like you'll definitely see him back because in the mutant world, no one's ever really dead, he and might, even more so now. He might be one of these guys that that is is part of those black ops teams. That see, they that's use, exactly my you know thing. All right, but let me let me just let me just say this. Um, in terms of whether this is a fair trial or not. Um, I really don't. I really don't think it matters at this point. I kind of agree with Jose. This is a, this is kind of like a political. Um, it's olive for branch, sure a know? political thing. But at the same time, you know, as much as I like Sabretooth, he kind of did this to himself because you know what? Even though these rules weren't made at the time, they went out on a specific mission, and that mission was you do not kill people. That was already stated, and he totally disregarded that right and, and, and he and, showed and, and I get no it. remorse no no i get it my and, and then on top of that when they asked him are you going to change he blatantly said hell no i'm gonna kill more people so, so that's and, them, and, and, yeah, right exactly. so see but he's for me 
that I, I think you had to do this. This that that's true, but see where I my issue is that the I mean I guess in 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 let's say in our universe in our world the punishment would fit the crime, mm-hmm. right? But in a situation where the laws aren't they have been formed in this new nation that this person now has amnesty for, okay, and you're using him specifically for an example, I think they could have I mean in a real world scenario, I, I mean, think like I think the punishment was because the punishment is being sent to the into the abyss of Krakoa, where he is basically a vegetable now. Yeah, but you know what? He's gonna be back. But I know me, that he's gonna be back. Me, but see, this is you. my thing. Like, I think that they could have like I, me personally. But if there's one character that you would use to make an example, he would be the perfect one. He would be. I know. Doesn't care. It's to just I feel like Sabretooth has never gotten like. The the he's such an awesome character, even if he is a villain. No, he's such an that. awesome character, but he has always been this. He's always been the 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 scapegoat for the Marvel for the X Men universe. He's the one that they kind of throw to the trash. The one that always gets beat up and stuff. And that's kind of cool you know? because you know what they as much as these characters have changed within Hick, Hickman's run here, they still stay true to their nature. True, right. And Sabretooth has always been a murderous right, I know. villain, and he's never going to change. See, and so you can't give him a pass because I'm you know, not saying the give him a pass. The minute that he l- gets out of there, he's going to kill something. Whether he steps on a bug or kills True. a... He's going to kill something. I'm not saying give him a pass. See, so, I'm saying is like put him in prison where we can rehabilitate him and then use him. He's, he's unredeemable. My thing is this is supposed to prove that because you see Apocalypse get on their side. You mm-hmm. see Mr. Sinister, Sebastian Shaw, Magnet. Everybody is, is on their he, side and is, is willing to one? sacrifice for the greater good. And he's the only one who says, I know, screw I you know. all. Yes. I'll kill you all. Exactly. I'll kill every human. And I don't care about the laws of this place. I'm Sabretooth. He he sees himself as higher than them in a sense. Yeah. And they can't have that. You can't have He's him walk away. He's disrupting this easy piece. You can't have him walk away. He has to he has to be made an example of. And on top of that, you're showing the humans that you are following through on, on this edict here. You know what I'm saying? And he's gonna he's gonna go out and he's gonna kill somebody. So you know, I, I don't I don't think that you know, and, my, and my, again, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that if I was writing this, I would put him in some way, maybe like represent the way where they can uh, show that they can rehabilitate the mutants that are bad. Well, because just, now, because my my whole thing is in a perfect world, he gets rehabilitated, and then there's a team up between him and Wolverine yeah, as the black guy. Why not? not? But that's because, what I'm saying. Now it's not going to happen, his, but that could happen. But that's not his character. You know what I'm saying? That's, They're completely that's not, redesigning the universe. Uh, Anyway, all right. I don't, I don't want to harp too much. Listen, on this. he's got plenty of time to think about what he's done. That's you know a what vegetable. I'm saying? That's the thing. He can't. He's a vegetable. No, he's not. No, he, he's he conscious. Still conscious. He 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 just can't move. Yeah, they say they say specifically he's completely he's conscious. Plenty of time. Well, to he's think in about, that stasis. I don't know. I mean, I think that's gonna make that it go crazy. Done. That's might, gonna make it go crazy. But that's even worse. But anyway, let's let's move on to the ending of this issue, which is also like pretty freaking huge and a pretty big moment, right? I think we can all kind of agree where they have their... Uh, they have a big celebration. They have their it's basically like Jedi it's slash Zion <laughs> in the Matrix celebration, yeah, it's, right? It's, it's a full celebration. Everybody's in party mode. Uh, I spoke about this before that there's like an interesting little kind of trio thing going on over here between uh, uh, Jean Grey, Emma Frost, and Cyclops. 
um, where, well, even before that, it's it's kind of cool over here. We actually see something even more interesting. We see Wolverine hugging and bringing a six-pack to Cyclops and Jean Grey. So there's the end of that feud between Wolverine and Cyclops, yeah. which I think that we saw the end of that before, too, when they had, like, that little moment right before Wolverine um, took on that, that, that uh, uh, you know, that thing where he went to kill the mother mold, but he jumped through with Nightcrawler. He knew that he wasn't coming back. So there was a nice little moment there with Cyclops. But um, you don't think there's the beginning of a new love triangle here? I don't know, because that's the thing, right? And so the next page, we have Cyclops uh, giving uh, Jean a beer. And then Jean looks over with a smile to Emma Frost. And she goes to Emma Frost without looking at her, but passes her a beer as well. Mm-hmm. And Emma Frost looks back and is looking back. I believe to Cyclops behind Jean Grey's yeah, back, man, so she's got that there come is that hit, still there. That uh, come hither look, right? Yeah, I know. So that's I think always going to be there. That's hmm. still very interesting. Um, we, uh, you know, Apocalypse is just sitting in the corner sulking, but uh, I think just taking in that the celebration. And the final uh, piece of artwork that we see for House of X is Magneto and Xavier. Um, kind of on like a Lion King like Pride Lands rock <laughs> looking up to the sky with fireworks behind them and Magneto just says just look at what we have made you know so uh, so yeah that's that's House of X uh, 5 or it's rather 6 very and, fitting ending I think yeah. right very fitting ending to that to that run of issues and now and we jump into the final the final issue Powers of yeah. 10 Powers of Ten, number six, yes. which is titled House of X. So in this one, we're actually uh, just, it, it's, a little, it's a little backwards now. So we start off with year 1000. The librarian strolls through the preserve, which is re- revealed to hold mutants, not baseline humans, as previously hinted. He comes across Wolverine and Moira, who has survived via blood transfusions from the former for the past millennium. So in a thousand years, uh, Moira is still alive and informs them that he is arranging. um, Wait, hold on. Sorry. The librarian uh, informs informs them that he is arranging for them to be taken off the planet before the ascension. It is revealed that the librarian and his race are post-humans, homo novissima, humans who have used genetic engineering and technology to direct their own evolution and thus outnumber mutant kind. The librarian explains that if Moira dies when the phalanx destroy the Earth before ascension, she can use her powers to stop them. However, if she is left behind, the Dominion can use their consciousness uh, spread throughout all of space and time to stop Moira instead. Wolverine kills the librarian and then kills Moira so that she can now use her knowledge to stop the ascent of post-humanity. This is then revealed to be Moira's sixth life. That missing life that we were... um, uh, that we, again, missing, that we ne- never got a chance to see, is actually the year 1000 timeline. We fast forward now to, or rather backtrack to year one. When Xavier sees all of Moira's lifetimes, Xavier is crushed by the experience and the revelation that mutant kind will always lose. Moira explains that the one constant throughout all her lives is that Professor X is a good person and that she had to break that part of him to ensure mutant survival. And this is key, another key thing for me, and we'll talk about this a little later. Finally, in year 10, Xavier and Magneto meet Moira at her no space to inform her about the new council. 
Moira is suspicious about Emma not having named her extra council seat yet, but Xavier trusts her. Xavier also informs Moira that in order to convince Mystique to join, they made a promise that they'd resurrect Destiny. Moira is opposed to precogs in Krakoa since they will end up revealing Mutant's ultimate fate and jeopardizing the project. The project. But Xavier and Magneto promise this will be different and that the time has come for Moira to step aside. Xavier and Magneto renew their commitment to fight for mutant kind. Magneto proclaims, I am not ashamed of what I am. Let's see them try to stop us this time. And here, this was the final issue of Powers of Ten. I think this is probably the, well, obviously it's also the, the end of Powers of Ten. It's the epilogue that gives us the information on what's to come. Um, reveals some really, really key points in the issue. Uh, but uh, definitely, in my opinion, while <coughs> the last House of uh, House of X issue kind of finished building out this world of Krakoa and where they are in the present time, mm -hmm. Powers of Ten, issue six, I think is the most important issue in the entire series. And here's why. So again, going back to year 1000, um, when they... When, when they reveal that this is Moira's sixth life, the information that they have there of the Ascension, the, the, this whole phalanx thing, um, that's now what they're working towards. This whole time before that, I believe, we were kind of reading House of X with the idea that like they were still trying to stop the phalanx and all that stuff, I guess, uh, or Nimrod, basically. We were believing that that's the main thing that they were trying to stop. Right. No, their main thing is trying to avoid the phalanx, right? And then, and then in the section with the year one, uh, this part's also really important to me because um, when I keep talking about Xavier's morality in this, that he's different from like the Xavier of the past, the Professor Xavier of the past, uh, Morris specifically states that the one constant throughout every single life where they failed is that Professor X is a good person. And she had to break that part of him yeah. for mutant them to survive. And that goes back to the trial, you know, um, using him as a political pawn, essentially, so that he can make peace with the humans. And another thing that we didn't talk about in the previous issue, I believe it was uh, Powers of Ten, or rather it was a House of, House of X uh, issue four, I think, where, um, no, 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 yeah, I think so. It was when Emma Frost had told Xavier that, oh, I swayed the Russians a little bit. I made sure that they didn't vote in the UN Council, and Xavier approved. See, in the past, Xavier would have never approved someone um, uh, uh, influencing another mind without their consent, right? Xavier now doesn't care about that moral part of it. You know, it also calls back to the last piece of the puzzle for me, which is that he doesn't consider himself Professor X anymore. He is just X. It's almost like he has shed that title of being the teacher and the role model. Mm -hmm. And now he's just, you know, I got to do whatever I got to do. You know, so with that being said, what did you guys think of the end of the, the, the series? This okay. Powers of Ten this, issue six. This, um, this comic book was probably my least favorite. Really? Um, like, Explain. if I had to rate it, well, why, 2 out what, of 10. What, why 2 out of 10? What? Ratings now, okay. You're rating no. this? You're saying that this would yeah. be a 2 out of 10? Yep. Oh, my God. I just really didn't like this at all. 
But why? I need to know what oh, didn't you like about I'm the not issue. explaining anything. Yeah. Explain. It wasn't interesting. It wasn't. What? It's not interesting? It was I don't straight think up you wasn't know. interesting. I found, I found... The only thing that came close was that thing with Wolverine killing her again. And... But, like, the thing... It really sounds like you're just looking for action. Huh? No. What well, the, is yeah, there? Is there maybe. something that you didn't understand that maybe you need some more uh, that needs to be shed? Like I mean, more light needs to be the shed. One in, the one in the middle with the um, the ascension guy, the the librarian. I mean, the it whole was, point was it, that it he was, was a bit confusing, but otherwise right. it was still like boring. So here's the thing. Right there, he was basically questioning whether or not he really wants to be part of the Ascension. Because when that happens, you lose all sense of self. And as he likes to say, you're basically becoming God. So he's now questioning, hmm, do I really want to ascend to Godhood to give up my individual self? So that brings him to the atrium, or whatever that place is called. Should I stop this mutant? Because if she dies... She will stop the phalanx in some form or the other. By the way, um, that answers a question that we brought up a couple of times. Does the timeline get reset or is it an alternate timeline? It's mm-hmm. a reset timeline. And that... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that this, this interaction was probably, for me at least, it was one of the most interesting. Because it kind of seems like if, if the phalanx really is this like completely above uh above life entity like thing would they really be well of course they're going to be affected by moira but i think will they tolerate that like obviously it's apex predator like you were actually right it was said in that issue is galactus i thought that was awesome by the way but it kind of seems like she's now a potential threat because if she can go and stop an ascension from happening, yeah, well, that's, they're that, gonna yeah. want to do but something it, about that. It's, it's still, I understand what, it, I understand what it's saying, but it's just. But you don't understand the gravity of that. No, I understand it. I understand this whole that's entire. Really, com- really huge. I understand it this is. entire comic book actually, and I don't know. I just don't. To me, that that whole year one thousand kind of read a lot like the Garden of Eden, where it's like all of a sudden you know you have the librarian. He's kind of like the snake that's kind of opening the eyes to Moira because yeah, he, he even right. said it himself. He was like, you know what, you guys thought that it was the machines that that were the threat. You yeah, know? And exactly. He said the 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 Sentinels brought us what is it years? Nimrod brought us decades. Yeah. but the real threat has always been humans. Yes. You know? Yes, exactly. And so, you know, just like AJ said here, you know, he's kinda like he's kinda questioning whether or whether the phalanx and the ascension is actually a good thing for them. You know, and he's kinda goading Moira to say, Hey, you know what? You guys are gonna die tomorrow. What are you gonna do about it, basically? That was his whole speech mm-hmm. because he knows that Wolverine is going to go ahead and, and kill Moira, reset the whole timeline, and we start this all over again. And maybe, just maybe, they find a way to avoid this. Right. Well, 
the interesting thing about this to me is that this is why I make the case. I'll make it again. I made it a couple of issues uh, a couple of issues ago. To your point about whether the phalanx would tolerate this, he actually librarian actually speaks to that in a panel. Uh, he says. Basically, he's, he's talking about how Moira, they're going to send her off planet so that she can survive. And he says, if you live past my becoming God, then existing beyond space and time, we will know you forever. So he, he can't allow her to die before that, because if she dies before he merges with the phalanx, she has, in essence, control. She mm -hmm. can reset the whole thing, and they don't—they won't even know who or what she is, what her power is, and all of that. Right. He wants to proceed to the phalanx with that knowing. So this is, this is something that demonstrates that Moira has this this power that we don't understand the limits of yet. Which is, again, I think that's what was even in this very run of issues they describe that as what an Omega mutant is—a a mutant whose power level can't be defined. Um, but yeah, I think this is that's that's really interesting, and that's why I actually did like yeah. the storyline because it all kind of brought together. That's what I'm saying. You know, what year 1000 was really all about. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it, it was it was to reveal to us what the real threat is. This entire time we've been kind of like played to to think that the threat is Nimrod and the Man Machine and this that and the other, and it's not. Right. You know, now we're given something that we still as we we have been giving a, a a new enemy to the entire universe to the entire world, not a humans, mutant, the entire universe all alike. And it's all now on the shoulders of Moira to defend, which is why it's, it's interesting now that we know what Moira's fate is. She is now, so she, she's basically secluded to this no place where she, I guess, is going to live her entire existence in hiding, you know, or at least as far as we know, and in hiding away from, from all the, all the X-Men, the only people that know she's there is Xavier and Magneto, right? You know, so this this goes to kind of show like the same thing where like you know Xavier in the past as a moral person isn't the type to like hide anything from anyone, but now he's hiding the secret of how they came to to do all this with Moira uh, being in a secret place. He's he lied to Mystique to get her on the council mm -hmm. with what they're gonna do with Destiny and so on and so forth. Um, and it's it's to me it's important from a character development standpoint, that we now know what their ambitions are, what their intentions are, and how they operate with each other and in this universe. So I think that's why this issue is so important to me because it, it gives us the, a, a very naked truth about who these characters are away from like the public eye. Because everything we've seen is in the eyes of when, when we see like the bits of Magneto and Xavier talking about like what they're trying to do, we see their perspective, but in front of the mutants that they're trying to lead, mm -hmm. as well as the mutants that are coming to Krakoa and so on and so forth, and the rest of the world. In this scene with Moira, this is where we see Xavier and Magneto as who they really are, their intentions, and so on and so forth. And I think that's really, really important for us to understand like that it's not just uh, build this nation of Krakoa for freedom. Um, it's It's now... We need to figure out a way to save ourselves from this phalanx as well, you know. And so moving forward to the very end, we go back to the same scene that we had before with the party, the celebration, the fireworks, and the whole nine. We get the exact same panels of uh, Magneto and Xavier looking ahead. And Xavier, where powers of, uh, sorry, where, where House of uh, uh, X ended, we get the same panel where Magneto says, just look at what we have made, but we get one extra page. And let me read that off for you. 
Magneto continues, and yet the thought lingers. Is it enough? And Xavier replies, this is only the start, Eric, but we have to hope so. Magneto says, and if it is not? And Xavier replies, then we do. We do more. Whatever the cost, whatever it takes, this is all there is, Eric. We live and we die with this and you and I. Or rather, sorry, we live and die with this, you and I. And Magneto says, then I will die for it. And if I fall, then you will raise me up. I will show this world what a real mutant is. And Xavier replies, keep talking like that, and you're sure to elicit a response. Magneto replies, I am not ashamed of what I am. Let them try and stop us this time. And then Xavier replies, yes, let them try. The Forest Moon of Endor celebration panel <laughs> right there. Yep. Looks a lot awesome. like it. This panel's great, and then a special honorable mention to... Uh, Wolverine killing Moira again. In the same way, the gutting same her, way. literally gutting her. And somehow this panel is a little bit even a little bit cooler than the last one. So that's a nice little bit of artwork uh, from this this uh, issue. Um, great ending. I did actually like how they use the ending of the House of X issue six and just expanded a little bit more on it. Those extra two pages with that really great last panel. Um, and I think, yeah, this, this just drives home, like Wolfie said, the point, the, the true, at least up until this point, what we know, the true reason behind Krakoa, besides the whole kumbaya, all the mutants are together, like joy of it all, it's about what it's always kind of been in both of their minds, it's about survival, it's just that for the first time, probably in the history of, of X-Men comics, their method of ensuring that survival has merged entirely. Yes. It's always been yes, somewhat separated between Professor X and Magneto. It's finally merged 100%. And that's what's so interesting about this ending. So um, what did you guys think overall? Now we get to rate... Let's, we can rate uh, these last three issues as, a, as, as, as itself. And then I want you guys to give us your rating for the entire House of X Powers of 10 uh, journey that we've been on. Um, Jose, let's go towards you this time. So, the three issues first, then the entire thing together. Okay, do both of them? All right. All right. So, uh, for the three issues, I'm going to give this a nine. Still fantastic quality. Um, I hate to say it fell off because that's a terrible way to put it. It didn't really fall off in quality in comparison to the last three issues. I just thought that the quality of the last three issues was just so high. And again, the quality of the first three issues that I really enjoyed and gave a 10 to. The quality in those was so high. And I think, what was it, the second three, ish, three issues, I was on, at a nine with that also. Yeah. So I have two tens and two nines. Um, I definitely say, yeah, this is, a, this is a nine in my eyes. It's, again, almost perfect in every way. Um, it, it does slow down a little bit, yes, in service of the exposition. Um, but it, it kind of slows down a lot of the momentum to rightfully focus on year 1000. But it does pull a lot of the action out of it at that point so that takes us a little bit of, of it away from me i'm not chasing action which is what uh you had said earlier aj it's not like i'm doing that like maybe you were thinking that eli was doing that but um i would have liked to see a little bit maybe something more even though maybe it wouldn't have fit so and maybe i'll revise this one because this one i'm a little bit more unsure of in comparison to the other ones but i would say a nine and i'll stick with that for now uh, overall, the series as a whole? Overall, the series as a whole? Well, I'm just going to go right in between the two. It's a nine and a half for me. 
We can do halves, right? Yeah, of course. We can do halves. <laughs> it's a nine and a half. Uh, as you know, the first three issues are a knock it out of the park with me with the big Moira reveal and all that comes with that in those first few issues. Um, then we get to the second set of issues, and it's still great. Um, but, again, not quite to the high standard of the first three issues. Then you have that third set of, of issues um, with the the last couple of issues of, of House of X and Powers of Ten before we get to the final three. And again, that's those are my favorites. I think the the amount of crazy stuff that goes on in those three is fantastic. And then these, again, it's a fitting ending. Um, not anticlimactic. Again, I don't want to use that word, but I just want to give you a sense of what I'm thinking in, in, mm-hmm. in terms of where these last three issues go. Um, with the madness of the previous three issues, maybe there could have been a better way to pace out some of that stuff and, and spread it into these three. Still overall fantastic. So yeah, nine and a half out of 10 for the whole thing. A great relaunch and boy, what this means for the future of comics and the MCU. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. So I'll I'll go ahead and rate next. Um, So I give these last three issues again. I I thought that they were great um, from a uh, character development standpoint. Um, Whereas the previous episode, we had like a lot of action and stuff. This episode, we have a lot more of character development, in my opinion. So, you know, each each thing is a equal side, in my opinion, to the same coin. Um, So I give the uh, these three issues a nine point five. Uh, out of 10 only because I thought that the art was a little bit wonky on some of the uh, some of the panels towards the end but aside from that you know um, I did think that the House of X um, 6 was uh, one of the the, the best art wise Um, but yeah and now I approach this entire four part I guess like in four blocks almost like a, a, a full story so to speak where you have act one two three and then an epilogue so and it, to me, episode, if we go by our uh, listening um, kind of schedule, our first episode to me was Act 1, second episode was Act 2, previous episode was Act 3, and then this episode is the epilogue, which when I think about it in that standpoint, from that point of view, I think that like it really does work, which is why we had a little bit of a slower pace in this epilogue, because it's meant to set up everything else and all the comic books coming in from from here on out um the rest of the world building and character development is in these uh last three issues in this epilogue so to speak so while i do agree that there is a little bit of a drop off so to speak um in action you could say i think that it's it's sort of meant to be right because there's got to this is this serves more as a transition to the new books versus an end to these you know what I mean? So I felt like the story to the House of X and Powers of Ten kind of thing happened in the previous three issues. And then this is the segue to all the new issues that are coming out for Dawn of X, which is X-Men, X-Force, Fallen Angels, Marauders, and Excalibur. Um, so as a whole, I give this a 10, a perfect 10, simply because this is one of those that I think everybody, every comic book fan, especially if you're an X-Men fan, you need to own this in your collection. This is going to be one of those, you know, pivotal moments in comic book history where if you're a fan and you're a collector, you have to own every single one of these issues. Go out and buy them. Get them. Get the, the, the some of the extra covers, some of the uh, concept art covers and, and, and so on and so forth and have them in, in your collection. I don't think that, like, if you're a self-respecting, <laughs> 
a self-respecting X-Men fan that you, in any way possible, do not buy these comic books and add it to your collection. So that's why I give it a 10. Um, I think it's a amazing story from beginning to end. Uh, amazing action uh, where the action was. Um, great comic relief where it needed it and an awesome segue with the epilogue in the end and a setup to this brand new universe because remember we're not setting up just a couple new storylines we're setting up the next three years of the entire x-men marvel x-men universe so that's where i stand um let's zigzag back this way eli to give probably the opposing contrasting (laughs) argument yeah you 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 want me to be really honest this well of course we want your opinion yeah i was kind of disappointed um the last one i would give a two out of ten the three the three a ep- two out of ten a two out of ten is basically don't even I mean, read it no not two out of ten four out of ten four out of ten and for the three uh for the three comic books the last three that we just discussed um i would say about maybe a six out of no, an 8 out of 10. The only reason why I say 8 is because that last episode, the one before this, really brought it up for me, especially since that was my favorite. And as a whole, I'm sorry, but an 8.5 out of 10. Well, don't be sorry for an 8.5. 8.5 is still good. respectable. Well, yeah, it's still pretty good. Or you're trying to go even lower just to go no, lower no, on no, purpose. No. I'm surprised it's that high with how low you rated some yeah, of the no. No. issues. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. It's just that you needed to get the full perspective of huh? it. Huh? No, I understood it. No, I but definitely like, understood you, it. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is, what, 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 with what Jose was saying, the first few he graded very badly, but now that he has everything in context, you know, that's yeah, going right. to shape it a lot more. It's still the same for me. It, it's still the same, like, no, no matter what. Okay. So. Okay. AJ? All right, so uh, let's start with this one individually. I really liked it because uh, I liked the what you were saying earlier, Wolfie. Like they swerve it. Oh, you thought the the androids? Androids? Oh my God! The uh, Sentinels were the bad guys. No, it's 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 really just been humans all along. You you got to fear us. Yeah, we're the we're the ultimate big bad. But to me, the ultimate big bad is this phalanx fella. Because, what was it? Uh, the, 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 I think, uh, I was just reading what you said. Um, did it say that they were already part of the phalanx and that they were going to go one step higher with the Dominion? Right, the right. Dominion is a whole nother step that we haven't even been, it has not even been shown. So again, yeah. actually it's the Dominion that they need to stop. That's the big bad that we're waiting for. Yeah, you know. So, so. and it said that. And they if we were thought like, Galactus was a bad guy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like uh, this is giving me uh, anti-monitor vibes. But um, like, just um, it's like Brainiac. I lost, I lost my train of thought. Um, Dominion. Yeah, the Dominion. It really seems like it transcends space-time. So, how long can you really keep it hidden that Earth was, quote-unquote, skipped? Like, a being like that, is it really going to stay oblivious to a distortion in time that long? Well, I mean, 
that's that's if we are being simple-minded and considering that the Earth is just one in a thousand galaxies when there's okay, trillions of galaxies out there. I get that, but if this is like a... Come on. This is, it's, it's one thing to like, okay, I'm subsuming a billion, billion. I missed one. Wait, I missed one? No, I don't think that they miss it. I I think that's the thing. I don't think that they miss it. This is them like now coming to the earth, right? Yeah, but this is what I'm trying to say. It's like they're coming to it. They're about to grab it. But for some inexplicable uh, reason, they just go, wait, I thought I was about to get it. What the hell? No, no. I think I think the I think what they had described is that they do end up getting it. The the. The this being goes to Moira and Wolverine explains that this is what's about to happen, and he just lets them know so that they can actually. It's almost like this is God giving them free will. Like I'm giving you guys the choice, basically, to figure out how to stop this. Yeah, I don't think the phalanx is gonna. I don't think the phalanx is missing Earth in that timeline. No, the no, phalanx, no, no, no. I'm not talking about the, the phalanx. I'm talking about bit. the Dominion. Oh yeah, but the like, Dominion I mean, is about to grab Earth, and for some inexplicable reason. Wait, I thought I was about to get it. I think Wait, we're what confused the hell this is... I'm confused. <laughs> so the fa- they are already the phalanx at this point. Right, but the phalanx is what goes in and grabs all the different, I yes, guess, like societies. Going to the next level. And yeah, but we haven't seen that yet. We we we're, that that hasn't been explained yet. But isn't that what the the whole point of that last part was? Explaining that this is what's about to happen. Yes, so the Dominion is about to go and grab them right, right, right. and subsume them. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't see where you see the Dominion missing them. Because Moira died and started another life. No, it doesn't. No, I, I, it doesn't miss them at that point. Well, it doesn't have the knowledge of her. Though, yeah, it just doesn't she, have the knowledge of her. That's because it. She, she dies before, before they absorb her. That's all. Because so that timeline be, is erased. Because that being. And that, so, how does a being that's above space time not notice something like that because the librarian interfered the librarian being the librarian is supposed to represent the phalanx and basically this basically betrays the phalanx and the dominion by letting them know so it's it's like all of this is happening because the librarian decides to uh um to interject in fate and destiny Mm, i'm not convinced I'm really? really just not convinced. Crow itself is is a lot of the reason behind it too, because Crow exists in a weird dimensional space also. And okay. I don't know. Just just chalk it up to the Deus Ex Machina of the X Men universe, the Shi'ar Empire. They always have the technology to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and again, so anyway, it, ultimately, it, it could just be a, a, just like he said. It's you're stepping on ants. You know, there's so yeah. many okay, about there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Imagine you're stepping on ants. And then one of them lifts you off the ground. You're not going to be taken aback by that. You have to try and do that first, and you have to step on a thousand other ants before that. Yeah, and it's that's just, exactly that's exactly what I'm saying. They've been obviously the Dominions have been around for like God knows how long. Yeah, right. And now all of a sudden, this one thing goes and throws a wrench in that plan. Like, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, that's notice. that's kind of. The idea, because of because of what you're saying, is that like the Dominion, there's no way that there's no plausible way that the Dominion can miss this. Then like, what's the point of like having a universe in general? Like, it's just everybody's succumbing to that fate. Then, then you break the whole point of uh, telling a story in general. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think the Dominion exists as like this god, god creature that's omnipotent. I think it's building its intelligence. Omniscience. Yeah, omniscience, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. 
it's building its intelligence by absorbing different different civilizations it just hasn't gotten to earth yet and so like they were saying it doesn't have the knowledge of the mutants and moira in, in specific that she has this power that can reset reality yeah so i think that's where it's it's to the point where it's like the librarian kind of gave them a heads up and say hey before we go into this phalanx into the dominion you got to kill yourself because if we ascend then they know about you and then this thing is over you got to kill yourself before you get there so that you have a chance you're still you're still kind of anonymous in in the universe that the dominion still doesn't have a target on you because it doesn't know about you so i think that's that's where it is with that you so I mean we're 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 in the rating section. So let's not forget <laughs> that we're here to rate now. Okay. So give me your rating on the three issues, then give me your rating overall. So I I would that was still just the issue by itself. The issue by <laughs> oh itself. Oh my god. The issue by itself it, that's oh no, we usually Okay, issues. you know what? Let's just go better back to three. The three, I'm still gonna stick with like my nine. Okay. Um as far as the greater whole I'm going to step it up with a nine point five because we only go halves. Five, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I like yeah, this a nine point nine too. Actually, overall, it was like I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Whenever I think of Marvel, X Men is not the first thing I think of, but right. this kind of puts them on the map for me. Okay, like I. This is, it was kind of one of those things where it's like <sighs> it all depends so have, i think on so the you, era that you grew up in. yeah like like for me I, I likened it to this so a lot of people know about the justice league but how many people actually know about the suicide squad i guess but definitely don't ever compare the x-men to the suicide squad okay but what, the, what i'm trying <laughs> no, but to i say, understand the correlation you're trying to make yeah all right so this cool. really puts them on the map for me and to have cool. them to be this central to the marvel universe now i'm really interested in seeing where they go with this and walt for our final review uh uh hopefully we're maybe don't go into dominion philosophy and talk so no, <laughs> we, we won't do that um the th- the three issues that we just we just talked about, I would give it an eight point five. Okay. Only, and only because it's it's a very dense, especially that last one is very dense. There's a lot of information that you got to unpack and stuff. Um, you found that as a negative? Well, I, I the reason the reason is is that. And and this is this is kind of like a, a, a theme of it. There's a lot of information that you have to really delve in to get the real gist of the book, right? Right. You can't just you know. I I remember AJ at the beginning when he first read it, he kind of forgot those data dumps. Mm-hmm. Those data dumps are essential to understanding everything that happens in the book. So to me, you know, that last issue, while it gave us you know some answers and stuff. It still left us with some questions, which is good because it gives. It, well, that's it the point, right? That's, right the, exactly. the thing is, that's the point. It's, it's the, the relaunch. Point, yeah, right? yeah. So, so you got to look at it, I think, through that lens. Right. So, but again, I, I didn't find anything bad with it. I just thought it was a lot to unpack, right? Um, the, the run of the two titles um, overall, I would give it a 9 out of 10, right? 
And um, again, it's one of these things where it's like I have to credit Hickman for redefining and reestablishing the X Men X Men universe. Um, I like what he did with these secondary and tertiary characters where he's now given them purpose, right. which is not something right. that you've seen before. Moira is a perfect example. We've always thought she's think, just like a, a, a regular person. And I think now, Gold Balls is even well, a more perfect exactly, example. No, but I'm saying, like, he's taken characters that we've never really thought about and he's made them relevant. And that's, that's yeah. saying something, especially in a book where you have so many different characters I think he did a really good job balancing all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave all of the characters voices. He gave them their own moments and mm-hmm, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, again, the only thing, and it's not a negative, but again, it's one of these things where for you to truly understand this book, you really, really have to take the time to read every single thing. Because if not, you're not going to get you're not going to get an enjoyment of the book like we do. Right. Right. This this is we enjoyed it because we kind of like dissected every little bit right. piece, and it made the story a lot more cohesive. For the average comic book guy who's who, again, I I'm sorry, I I don't mean to kind of put a spotlight on you, but like AJ, he kind of read the story the first time and kind of missed those data dumps. That's the only thing where it's like, you know, if you're going to tell the story, it has to be something that you're going to read all the way through. So that's why I don't give him higher than a 9 out of 10. But I think it's still essential reading, especially going forward with where the X-Men are going to go, where the Marvel Universe is going to go. I think you have to read this book to get an understanding if you want to continue to read books in the Marvel comic book universe. I actually, I just not to disagree with you, but for me, that's actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that like there was too much exposition where like it's unbearable, but the no, fact that there I, is I so the, the fact that you have the data dumps where they are, the information where it is, that for me gives it re-readability. It makes you, it, it makes it easier to go back. Okay. Not easy, but like it makes you, like for me, it makes me want to go back and discover new, more information right. that I'm going to be using. And, so. and don't get me wrong, I don't find it a negative that mm-hmm. it's so dense, right? My thing is that, you know, for, for somebody who just wants to read a book, it might be a lot of information to digest. Um, that's this is why we have these episodes. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that's the only reason. But I don't find that as a negative because. All that stuff enriches the book itself, those data dumps. Right? See, I, I'd be careful with that, though, because I, I'd rather you would rate it on your merits, not on the merits of some other random reader who doesn't understand this. Rate it more how you feel and less how somebody else would feel who doesn't maybe understand this story very well. I think that's where I would, what I would rather hear. But you know what? I, I want to I do it so that the people that are listening also understand what they're getting themselves into. Well, they probably already read it, though. Huh? That's understandable. That's understandable. Far. Yeah, I, um, I, I, can say, I can go over here and say, you know what? It's the best thing in the world. Go read it. And then somebody will go and pick it up and say, what the hell is this? I, there's so much stuff here to, to, to read. You know, no, and that's I perfect. might not find it enjoyable. There's some that's people the, that just yeah, don't that's, do that. that that's why, and, that's why, and that's why we have these discussions our own ratings and viewpoints. Mm-hmm. You know, someone that is more inclined to be like Eli will follow his rating. Someone to be more inclined like us will follow ours, ours and so on and so right. forth. And that's kind of where we wanted to kind of jump off with this. This is our first shot, first try at like, uh, you know, the Get Geek comic book reading club. Tell us what 
what you thought in comments and so on and so forth. And I want to give you guys a little bit of information on what we're going to be doing moving forward with this. Um, every so often, uh, we're going to try to get together, pick a series of comics that we're going to all try to, you know, read. Maybe not huge events like this all the time, unless it's something really, really big. Um, I think at some point down the line, we'll eventually read House of M, which was a big event. Mm -hmm. But it'd be cool to uh, to to kind of reread some really old comics, some recent ones that are coming out, short story arcs that we can read, review for you guys. Um, for some of you guys that are that are kind of nostalgic for comics, but don't have the time, the energy, or maybe even the funds to uh, invest in reading comics, and we can read them for you, review them for you. You guys can read along with us if you like, or check us out before you go uh, and read the full story and buy the comics yourselves. So uh, moving forward, we're going to try to do some of these episodes where uh, we'll do um, a little comic book reading club kind of thing and have you guys join along hopefully you guys enjoyed uh these uh this four-part series where we introduce this uh new um kind of segment uh and um and yeah thank you guys so much for listening uh please uh tell us what you thought of uh of 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 the comic book reading club tell please us do. if please there's do. any comic book story arcs or um series that you would like us to read make some suggestions so that we can kind of plan out um moving forward uh what we want to kind of put into the uh docket maybe we can do a poll online suggest some of the comics that you guys might want us to check out and then go from there so thank you thank you thank you uh again guys for listening to this, this was a lot of fun by the way cast this uh oh, hell yeah well, i mean talk, talking about the future of the x-men a little bit here has been really really interesting and Getting back into this comic, which I was somewhat slow to read, even though I knew it was awesome, was pretty great. But, um, you know, as, as we have in the last few weeks, uh, we want to thank all of you out there for your growing level of engagement on our various social media pages, with our podcast, um, <clears throat> with your, your comments and your likes and uh, some of the things that you've shared, some of the content that we put out there. Thank you again for all of you in the Get Key community for doing that for us. And thank you for joining us for this four-part mega episode on House of X and Powers of Ten, one of the biggest Marvel Comics events in years. Um, so, you know, as always, guys, please rate, share, subscribe. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check out our webpage. Check us out on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Find us. Find us, even though you probably already have found us if you're listening to us now. <laughs> Find us again and share us and with rate your us. friends who might actually enjoy this stuff. Um, thanks again and signing off. This is Jose. Wolfie. We phalanx bidding the farewell. <laughs> Wolf. Eeyore. And as always and as usual, stay geeky out there, my friends. Stay geeky.